0: Hello, greetings, welcome, thanks for joining us today. We're very glad that you have an interest in spiritual matters. And thank you for the gift of spending time as we continue to explore how we can more effectively glorify God in Christ through what he has made known in his word. I'm Ethan, I work with the Venice Church of Christ, we're Disciples Making Disciples in Los Angeles. Today I'd like to explore some really important questions, all rooted around the great desire and the great interest that so many people have in, hey, did you hear the recent about these people? Hey, I just found out that. When we hear those things, how many times do we kind of really want to find out what's going on? How much do we really want to get ourselves that gossip, that juicy, juicy gossip that somebody's got on somebody else? Why is it that we love gossip so much? And what should we do when we hear gossip? Love to know your thoughts on that if you'd like to share those with us and to consider that as we uh, explore uh, the question of, of of these kinds of things because honestly you look at the modern world it seems to thrive on the spreading of gossip i mean how many websites and news shows have their traffic based upon uh finding out the newest of what's going on with this celebrity or that celebrity how many people are celebrities become famous and very wealthy simply because they became famous and very wealthy Uh, because of all these stories that they've been able to generate Uh, we see a kind of a reality world come to life almost in in this time for better and for worse i would suggest mostly for the worst and so gossip has been almost normalized i mean we have So you see it in the news, you see it on television, you see it everywhere you go. So what would we say is so wrong with it? What's the difficulty with these things? Well, in James chapter 3, in verse 2, we're told by the brother of the Lord, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. And set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does the spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree my brothers bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So James warns us about the power of the tongue. And what makes the tongue so dangerous? Well, it's because we can say things very quickly that once they've been said, they cannot be unsaid. And they can lead to significant relational damage, reputational damage. And that's why it's so important for us to consider the devastating fire of the tongue, especially as it relates to this kind of gossip and slander and things of that sort. So what exactly are we talking about? Well, we've got different terms that are used, and it's good to make sure we're clear on what we're talking about. Gossip. Uh, according to Webster, is a person who runs from house to house, tattling and telling news, an idle tattler. And now it's not suggest- even really as much of a person. We don't really call a person a gossip as much as the substance of that news. The kind of stories about people uh, finding out who is falling in love with who or who has said something bad about somebody else, things like that. A backbiter is a person who slanders, calumniates, or speaks ill of somebody who is not present. That's why it's called backbiting. When you talk, hey, can you believe what so-and-so is doing? Uh, Hey, isn't so-and-so such an awful person? And -and so-and-so is not around, and if so-and-so were around, you wouldn't say that. That's, That's really a backbiter. A busybody. A busybody is a meddling person, one who officiously concerns himself with the affairs of others. Somebody who goes around and and they're just trying to get involved with everybody else's stuff. Did you hear what she did yesterday? Or I have a mind to tell her what she's doing isn't right. So on and so forth. Slander is a false tale or report maliciously uttered intending to injure the reputation of another by lessening him in the esteem of his fellow citizens, by exposing a man to impeachment and punishment, or by impairing his means of living uh defamation uh, something very important when it comes to character and honor is that once uh, somebody's good name has been run through the mud it's very hard to rehabilitate that um, to this day we could use the names of various celebrities or, or or people who are infamous uh they did one thing wrong or a couple things wrong and now that's what they're known about in the news Uh, We can just say some names from the recent past, Harvey Weinstein, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, um, Louis C.K., Al Franken. Uh, A lot of names like that. We can give many more. Um, Liberal and conservative in their politics. uh, People who are famous or infamous. uh, People whose 15 minutes of fame are all because of some unfortunate event, uh, which may or may not have happened. Um, And... There yet, the slander, the pervasive slander, and especially with the new social media ecosphere, uh, so easy for that to get spread around. And uh, by the time you try to do something to rehabilitate your character, there's nowhere for you to go because you're now just known as, well, that guy or that girl, or that woman who did this or that, that, or presumed to have done this or that, whether or not uh, it ever actually took place. And so we see all these things and they're all really about telling about other people or talking about other people uh, commiserating about other people and slander is is kinda dedicated a little more to what is untrue uh, or distorted Um, but you know a lot of times the substance of the gossip may well be true uh... may actually represent reality uh, but that doesn't mean that it has to be told or that it's healthy to go around telling it. Uh, and all of these stories, all of these different definitions are oriented around people who take great pleasure in going around telling these stories. And, and that is for a lot of reasons. First of all, it may give them an edge quote-unquote over a competitor. Uh, it might be gloating over the downfall of another. Uh, it may be a way of putting other people down to be raised in the esteem of others. Uh, they might like the prestige of being a hub of information and having people listen to them. Uh, It may give them a sense of purpose and place. I am here because I am needed to tell these stories. Or people value me because I let them know about things. It may give them purpose or may give them something to do. So these things are very prevalent. Again, there are people making a lot of money right now. Who are just trying to go and find gossip and spread gossip, and so on a on a large scale and even on a small scale, on every scale, uh, we got this this temptation toward uh, gossip and slander, backbiting, being a busybody, getting involved in all of these things. So, what do the scriptures say about these things? Well, the scriptures don't look kindly upon them. In Second um, Thessalonians chapter three and verse eleven. Um, Paul is very much concerned about what's going on at Thessalonica, that there are some who, uh, we imagine because they think the uh, Jesus is coming back soon, uh, have quit their jobs. And so they're living on what they had saved up or in support of others. And Paul is very concerned about this, uh, because he's heard that some walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busybodies. And such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly, and to earn their own living. In chapter 5 of First Timothy, Paul kind of goes into greater details um, that younger widows should not be enrolled to receive continual financial support from the church, he says, because their passions draw them away from Christ. They desire to marry and incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, he says, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander, for some have already strayed after Satan. So we're seeing here that sometimes what busybody is, is uh, the idea of, you know, idle hands of the devil's workshop comes from these passages. The idea that when you don't have anything else to do, you just go around and, and just to find things to talk about, you start talking about other people. Uh, And this is something we can probably see in our lives. We probably know somebody or some people who, uh, you can tell, just needed something to do, and so they started talking about other people. And they really should have been spending their time doing anything that would be more productive, and especially something that may teach them humility, realizing that, that people could talk about them just as easily and maybe uh, you shouldn't talk about other people. Uh, also very much a way of buff, trying to burnish one's righteousness uh, is to deflect away from your own challenges and limitations by constantly talking about other people and trying to deflect about any personal criticism by just looking at other people, which is the whole thrust of whole Jesus' argument about judgment, saying that you need to take the beam out of your own eye before you can see the speck in the eye of your brother. And um, we need to be careful about that. And if, we're, if we're sufficiently busy serving other people, um, maintaining employment, things of that nature, we're not going to have enough time to go around to be talking about people and things of that nature. Likewise, in 2 Corinthians, uh, the 12th chapter, uh, Paul has been upbraiding the Corinthians for uh, many of their difficulties and their challenges. Um, in verse 20, he says, I fear that perhaps when I come I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder, that among these difficulties and distresses are uh, slander and gossip. First uh, Peter 4 and verse 15 likewise condemns such things. And, of course, it's not even just something that we see in the, the New Testament, the Old Testament. Uh, Tailbearers are condemned in Leviticus 19.16, Psalm 15.3, uh, Proverbs 11.13, uh, very famous, that uh, somebody who that can keep secret something uh, is beautiful, but the one who goes and talks uh, destroys houses. Uh, and even the prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 22, And in verse 9, it talks about how men slander to shed blood. Uh, We can think about the story of uh, Ahab and Naboth, where um, Jezebel hires men, worthless men, they're called, to go on saying that uh, Naboth has slandered God and the king, and that leads to Naboth's death, which is a complete miscarriage of justice because there's no evidence of such a thing, that this was a completely false accusation, and we can see how it can absolutely destroy people. Sometimes people die because of of that kind of slander. If nothing else, their character is ruined. A uh, very difficult, terrible thing indeed. And so, there's no real commendation, as we can see, for this kind of attitude to go around telling these stories, to spread gossip, to, to slander, to backbite, or to be a busybody. And in fact, it's quite condemned in the scriptures. And over and over again, exhortations are given for Christians to put away that kind of language. Uh, Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3 also says these things, that we don't talk like that anymore. Instead, we try to find words that build up. We try to find ways to encourage and strengthen and not tear down. So we can see that there's all this difficulty with gossip. But what are we supposed to do about it? And really, when it comes to gossip, there's two real issues at, 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 at stake. Uh, first of all... Um, what are you are tempted to gossip what should you do and what should you do if you're hearing gossip and so we start with the tendency to gossip what happens if you learn or about something or see something that you could tell others and and it depends on a lot of factors right but let's just say what happens when you have got a, a piece of information about other people what are you going to do about it uh, well first Is this thing that you're talking about true or false? Is there something there that um, needs to be clarified? Could you be wrong about it? Is it a misapprehension? Uh, Is it something that would build up and encourage people? Or is it something that would make people feel poorly uh, about other people? Um, One of the things that you see here is that Paul will constantly talk about how he boasts. He will tell other christians about the goodness and and virtue of other christians and so if the stories that we're going about telling are how uh christians are glorifying god and faithful to to god and building one another up and uh stories like that that enhance the reputation of other people in the eyes of others it's not really gossip certainly not slander wouldn't call that backbiting uh, that's something that uh, we can find even perhaps some commendation for, to provide encouragement and strength and to provide warmth about other people. Um, so we're really focusing on things that would make people look upon somebody more poorly. And really, it's is it something that needs to be addressed with the people that it involves? Uh, and this, of course, gets to Matthew 18, 15 through 17, and this really important standard that if someone sins against you, you go and speak to them about it in private. And if um, your brother listens to you, you've won your brother. If he will not listen, then you take two or three witnesses so that at the mouth of two or three witnesses everything is confirmed. And if he will not listen to them, then you take it to the church. And if he doesn't listen to the church, then you will treat him as if he's a Gentile or a tax collector. Well, if the piece of information doesn't need to, doesn't need to be addressed to the person, doesn't need to be shared at all. May not. And uh, if the situation is that it doesn't be addressed to the person, then address it with the person involved. Uh, Make sure that it gets to the person involved. Um, If you are not comfortable with that, and there might be reasons for that, that maybe you feel like you shouldn't go it because you weren't directly involved or things like that, it may be something worth speaking to the eldership about. in terms of making sure there's clarification and to make sure that it can be addressed if it needs to be addressed and again is this something that's going to make people feel more favorably inclined towards somebody or not inclined towards somebody and that's where you know we got that emphasis of that giving the, the words that we speak should give grace to those who hear and that should be good for uh, upbuilding and encouragement That if it's a serious matter, it should not be swept under the rug or put under the table. It does need to be addressed, but it needs to be addressed in the proper way. It needs to be addressed to the person that's involved and or the eldership. And if it's something that's really going to harm somebody, we need to be very careful because it's very likely. Gossip, and it's condemned because you become a talebearer if you go telling everybody about it. And it's also not building up with uh, speech, uh, which is what uh, God has intended for us. Uh, This is where that uh, two or three witnesses standard becomes so very important, which we see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, Paul will make reference to it many times. Uh, And that's because we shouldn't just hear a single report and then say, hey, that's the way things are, and prosecute people, because it could come from nowhere, it could be a misunderstanding. That we... Need two or three witnesses, either a persistent pattern of behavior or multiple people seeing the same thing, to testify that something's gone on to be able to really address it effectively, and that's so important here when it comes to matters uh, of stories being circulated around and and things of that nature, and when we're tempted to tell about other people. Um, so we need to be very careful about uh, gossip, and especially in the church, in the church business, there's a very fine line between. Um, elders of a church, uh, preachers, uh, others, talking about brother or sister so-and-so in a way to try to figure out how to best encourage them based upon things they're hearing or seeing uh, and spreading gossip. And so we need to be very careful with how we talk about people who are not present and to... Make sure that we are not crossing the line into backbiting, uh, gossip, and things of that nature uh, when addressing how to most effectively build up one another in Christ. Now, gossip is something that thrives because people talk about it and it gets shared over and over again. And so that's when you hear gossip, when people are trying to tell you things about other people, um, if you can, the best thing to be is to, you know, maybe. Provide a little bit of pushback, you know. Um, is that something that you who'd you find that off from? Uh, why are you telling us this? Uh, is this something I really need to hear? Uh, or And try to maybe find a nicer, gentler way of saying it, uh, but definitely making it clear that, you know, uh, it's not necessarily appreciated. Nothing else, uh, even if other people will hear it, you won't, and maybe that person won't keep tempting you with gossip to share with others. Very important if it's something that they saw, like have you addressed this with the person who did it? Uh you saw brother so and so do this. Did you talk to brother so and so about that? Uh if not, that tells you a lot about the situation what's going on, uh, many times. But maybe it's again a situation where somebody's coming to you with information because they don't know what to do with it, or because they don't feel like they have the standing or in a position to do something about it. And so then you've got to tackle that and address that. Um it's one of those things that we need to be very careful about and making sure that you know, we got to be careful. Some people may not have the intention of gossiping, but they're actually gossiping, and we need to kind of let them kind of see that that's what they're doing and encourage them to change their conduct. Uh, we may... We gotta be careful because maybe there is a significant concern. A person doesn't feel like they can handle it. They're coming to somebody that they trust because they want to see it handled. And we kind of ask as if they're being gossips and slanders when uh, that's not the intention. That's not really what it is, and we're judging inappropriately in that way too. I mean, it's this is these aren't as easy and clear cut as we often want to make them out to be. Uh, And there are certainly certain situations that are obviously very clearly gossip and slander and backbiting, and there's other situations, maybe not as much. Um, And again, we go back to that Matthew 18 standard. We always want people to deal with things directly as much as possible, because it, it, it provides a lot of... Uh, safeguards for everybody involved so that stories don't get out of hand so that people have an ability to understand what is being said about them and be able to address it to correct behaviors that might need correcting to clear up misunderstandings so that people don't form false ideas in their minds and even if it gets addressed you know uh, it it, it may not need to be spread in fact if it's been addressed it probably doesn't need to be spread around because it's been addressed and it's been it's done, and it's over with and to spread the story is just to cause uh, distress and a damage of the reputation of the one uh who was involved, and that's just not healthy uh for anybody because again, we got the great golden rule here as you would have people do to you that's what you're supposed to do to them. Would you want to be the object of gossip, where everybody's talking about you as if this stuff is happening about you in your life? Uh, would you like people put the worst spin on it with one another? That's the, the difficulty uh, involved. We don't really like it when it happens to us. We might normalize it and like, well, people are just going to talk, uh, but that doesn't make it right, right? And so... As we would want people to do to us, that's what we should do for others. If people were talking about us, we want to make sure that they're made aware of that. Um, and if we, if, hopefully, if we get in the, the, the temptation of gossiping, we want people to tell us in gentle ways that we need to maybe not do that. That's not who we are, and to be better. And so it's a constant t- temptation, constant thing. But again, there are times where you know a lot of times. Stuff that's being said is, is not as a lot of concern, but there are sometimes things you hear that are pretty serious, and it may involve having to get involved um, and to clarify things, to talk about things, to make sure that uh, there's two or three witnesses involved, but it, that sin is addressed if sin is, is going on. Uh, and sometimes you, you hear about that from one or two people, and it needs to be something that's addressed. Um, <clears throat> and that they're warned about their sin and their need to repent of it, uh, proper things can be done, because uh, the last thing that you want to have happen is that somebody, there's been a report here and there that some nefarious thing's going on, that we've just said, well, that's gossip, we're not going to hear about it, and then it blows up, and then the character and reputation of everybody is destroyed, because, well, they were told and they didn't do anything about it. We need to be careful about, don't just accept any story at all, but we need to be careful to make sure that if we have some kind of credible story that is told, that has some witness with it, that it gets addressed. Or if certain rumors go around, that at least a conversation has been had about it. Um, But we also need to be very concerned about gossip, and it's not good to spread tales, even if the tales happen to be true. Because what has been said in gossip can't be taken back. And it can condemn those who tell the stories and revel in those stories. It can ruin character. It can destroy career. It fosters. An, and, and here's the thing where there's a lot of gossip and, and slander and backbiting, it suppresses trust. It suppresses conversation. Everybody is too careful with one another, what they're saying. They're keeping each other at arm's length. And that's a form of alienation that uh, Satan loves. Satan loves it when people are telling so many stories that no one trusts anybody anymore because that's where you can't get any kind of relational unity. Uh, If there's relational growth and relational unity, uh, it's not going to involve telling all of these stories. Uh, It's going to be growing in trust and realizing that we can trust one another and we don't need to tell stories with one another, that we don't need to feel validated by having information that others can appreciate and therefore deriving our value from that and we're too concerned with how to build one another up because we love and care for one another that we're not going to just give ear to all kinds of bad stuff about them and we're not going to want to to communicate bad things about one another. And so you get these two different cycles going on. You get a virtuous cycle where we grow in love and trust and because of that we think the best of one another and we are aware that, you know, People aren't always what they want to put themselves out to be, but we've grown in that trust and confidence with one another that we can uh, truly encourage one another. Uh, and But then there's the vicious gossip cycle and the slander cycle where people are always talking about each other behind each other's backs, and therefore no one feels like they can trust one another, which leads to a willingness to believe the worst about one another and thus the sharing and spreading of stories. And that just doesn't work well for anyone. And that's why the tongue is a devastating fire. Gossip can be so devastating and incredibly corrosive to any kind of community, and especially the community of the people of God. And that's what we need to avoid, gossip and certainly slander and backbiting and talebearing to be busy and dedicated in our lives to glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ as we have opportunity, to be focused on ourselves in that respect, and to be willing to look at the meme in our own eye before we start pointing out the specks in everybody else's eyes and do all that we can so that the words that we provide will build up or give reason for a significant consideration what God has made known in Christ. That we would not be gossips, but to build up in our conversation. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, Hallowed be your name. We're so thankful for the blessings of life, for the love that you have for us, for the care that you provide for us, for Jesus and the hope we have in him, the spirit and the word, and for one another, the health and prosperity that we enjoy. And we're so thankful, Father, that you've given us the opportunity to relate with one another. And we pray, Father, that you would give us the strength and wisdom to understand to uh, how to avoid uh, the dangers of the tongue with gossip and slander and backbiting. We pray, Father, that we would think the best of each other to give each other the benefit of the doubt, that if we receive a charge, it is on the basis of witness and corroboration, uh, and that we speak about it and deal with it in such a way as to bring people to repentance and greater holiness and righteousness, and not to tear down others, not to degrade others, to make ourselves feel better, and not to build our value in a group based upon the information about others that we can share. We pray, Father, that we may develop and cultivate a spirit of love and trust among one another as a people of God, that we will uh, believe the best about each other to try to build one another up, and that we will be uh, strengthened to resist the impulse toward gossip and slander uh, toward those around us. And especially, Father, we pray that we would uh, avoid the temptation uh, to gossip and slander those who would be our enemies uh, and to make them out to seem worse than they are Uh, in order to justify uh, uh, the hostility and alienation that exists between us and them. We pray that you would strengthen and sustain us to speak the way you would have us to speak, to uh, give life in the words that we we provide, and that you would be glorified and honored, and that we would share in the resurrection of life in your Son when he returns. And we look forward earnestly for that day. In his name we pray. Amen. Again, so glad that you've joined us. Love to hear your thoughts about why we're tempted to gossip, what we can do about gossip, maybe your stories about how you've been damaged by gossip or saw other people and their character ruined by gossip. And we certainly, though, do not want you to be sharing gossip in our comments. But we'd love to hear from you. And please subscribe to us where you found us. And uh, please reach out to us at VentureTocrafts.org or through our social media. If there's any way that we can encourage you. And we're looking forward to talking more with you again. And may the Lord bless and keep you until then.